and welcome to the Geeks at the Gates. We are a day late, I know, I'm sorry, and we didn't put out the D&D podcast that we said we'd put out last week. Uh, we will still. It's just been a crazy, crazy, crazy week, and I've been doing a lot of interviews, and there just hasn't been time. Uh, we do have a Thought Bubble special interview for you today with Alison Sampson, the artist on, uh, well, currently on Sleeping Beauties from IDW, uh, written by, um, well, adapted from the novel by Stephen and Owen King. Uh, we've a lot to be said about that in the podcast. It is quite a long one. I have cut quite a lot out. We did have a bit of a ramble before we officially started recording, and I've put most of that in because it was interesting. And uh, yeah, and I can because the podcast can be as long as I like. Uh, but it is quite long. So enough of this prattle just before we get into it just to tell you that thought bubble is happening right now the fringe events have started if you search uh, the hashtag hashtag tbf20 you will find all kinds of thought bubble fringe activities going on the convention itself is on saturday and sunday this week the 14th and 15th it's going to be amazing there's all kinds of brilliant stuff happening you really should check it out. Go to www.thoughtbubblefestival.com for all the information you need on, frankly, Britain's greatest comic con. Happening even though it can't happen because it's a Yorkshire convention and you do not keep Yorkshire down. So there. Right. Um, enough of that. We're going to get straight into it. Links in the show notes about which more at the end of the podcast. <laughs> We're here now. Sorry about that. This is um, I'm doing this on dial-up, and it's like it's just all had to just be installed on my phone. Oh, because... it's fine. It's fine. Conversation on Zoom are an awful lot like a 19th century seance. Yes. In that it's, can you hear me now? Is there anybody there? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Abs- so... abs- absolutely. But we this seems to work. I mean, I did three panels for Thought Bubble, and when we first went to record it, my it, we realised my internet was so terrible. I did. I, in the end, I did them all on dialer, and this morning, and this is why I'm on dialer now, and just had to reinstall it was because um, we basically dumped our internet provider because it was so rubbish, and the, they chose today of all days to reinstall our internet, which is kind of fine and great. It's just there's kind of a lot going on today, and and like when we said we'd do this today, I'm like just going to do it on my phone. It's like. <laughs> Fine. Do you know? What I mean, do you know? Yeah. What I mean, it's like internet, whatever. So yeah, but it's working. So what more can we? What more can we possibly ask for? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we met. We've met before. I think, but you might not remember where. Um, I think we've met at my table at Thought Bubble some years ago. I think so. Yeah. Yes. And it was your dad was an illustrator or something. Oh no, that was that right. right? No, there was somebody who came round. I'm pretty sure we met. Um, there was somebody who came round from Destination of Venus, Destination of Venus, and they said that their dad would. Ah, have, their dad that would have been Jack. Yes, that was no, I've, I've definitely person. met him. Much, much ah. younger than me. Bit of a goatee. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I, I remember. It wasn't that long ago, actually, or, or maybe it was. I don't know. In comics world, time passes in a really strange way. Oh, what even is time these days? <laughs> yeah, no. I, Absolutely. I mean, it's still so, what, no. the 317th of March, isn't it? 
No, no, I've not left this room in absolutely ages. I'm just turning my camera around so you see see all my kind of these are my this is this is basically work gets done in here. And these are my um my cars for Sleeping Beauties. Yeah, look, I know that um pictures are not exactly radio gold, but this is interesting. It what we're looking at here is well, what I'm looking at here, you're not. I'm describing it to you. That's what this is. Um it's a pile almost, uh, neatly arranged on a sort of little shelvy thing, uh, but of toy diecast cars. Uh, not matchbox size, but more sort of the bigger sort of dinky sort of size. Um, and I don't know if that reference works for anybody under 40. But uh, it's always interesting to me, at least, to know what people are using for reference. And in this case, toy cars. So, yeah, no, haven't left this room pretty much. It's all. It's all a bit of a nightmare. I've just realised I've not got my headphones on. How's your sound? Fine. Are you okay? You're not getting any weird shit echoes or something. You're all right if if I don't. Yeah, no. I was going to, I was going to put my on. We'll, we'll go. I... No, okay, that that that's cool. But if you, if it does get weird and you need me to sort something out, I do have some. It's just well, yeah, it's kind I'm of not wearing mine either. It's, it's not complicated. It's all kind of quite yeah. complicated. I've got my phone on this kind of sort of two foot high prong, so that's that's it, it's. You'd, you'd laugh, but anyway, oh, it all it, it all it, it all it all kind of works. And we were supposed to be launching our shops this morning for Thought Bubble, and I don't think I realised how involved it is to do internet to make internet shops. Yeah, I have just been and, look at yours, and so uh, yes, I see it. It, it is not well nothing, stocked currently. There's nothing on it. <laughs> I have, I have, I have actually done it. It's just kind of, I haven't. As I say, it's really involved. I've got a bit of, I have to get all my stuff out and I've got to do the postage thing where I have to weigh the things with the packaging. And Yeah, that's okay. I haven't done mine properly either. Um, I had it, nor, you see, if, if Thought Bubble was happening in real mm. life, I'd be standing behind a table yeah. with boxes full of back issues. And my plan yeah. was to put those back issues onto a dedicated web page and have that as my yeah. thought bubble yeah. stand. Yeah. But we're in lockdown. And yep. all of my back issues are back at the shop. My mm. shop is in a cinema. So oh, I, no, no. I don't I don't have access to it when the when the cinema's closed. And when I moved in, I never thought that would be a problem because it opens at nine and it never shuts before midnight. So I was thinking, what am I ever gonna mm. want to get in the shop when the cinema's shut? It's open yeah. seven days a week. Apart from Christmas Day, and I'm not going into work yeah. then. Except, yeah. of course, yeah. apparently now, now. <laughs> it's a bit of a drawback. Yeah. So, so my offering no, no, this no. year is, is just all the stuff I've done for Thought Bubble before, really. Yeah, I, I have, I have, a, I have a lot of, I have a lot of stuff. I mean, the thing is, I've actually brought two books out. I mean, we can talk about this in the podcast. But I've actually brought two books out this year, and it would have been a big year. And as it is. Lock uh, the whatever has put paid to pretty much all of it, you know, whether it's my selling, you know, going to conventions, selling the book, which I do do a lot of, or, you know, promoting it or even selling it in shops or, you know, selling my own stuff. I mean, it would have been a big convention year for me this year. You, know, you have two books out. You could, I could probably, I might have done eight conventions anyway. But you know, I would I would have almost certainly gone over to New York, and which I wouldn't do unless I had something decent to do. And 
you know, none of it. And so consequently, I've got like, well, I, I, I got the books anyway. What I don't, I spend a lot of time on these things. And even if there isn't an immediate selling opportunity, one thing I'm not going to do is draw a whole graphic novel and not have a hundred copies into my bed. I'm going to do that. Um, it seems like a waste of effort otherwise. Well, 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 it's not so much that as like you'd be surprised how many you do sell. I mean, you know this. Hmm. I am absolutely the best seller of my own work. I mean, I think I think that's the nature of this stuff. Hmm. So, you know, you know, I, I, I can sell it more easily over a convention table than anybody else can. So that's just how it, that's the nature of the thing. And that's, you know, people come to see me for that. So there we are. And it's sort of like, you know, that's fine. I will do it. I will do it anyway. I'll just do it over a longer period of time. And the other thing is, of course, is that with all my with my two recent books, with Sleeping Beauties and Hit Girl in Mumbai, they both have really, really large amounts of people in them who are real people. And wow. those real people, and there's, I mean, I mean, Sleeping Beauties has like honestly, the last two, the the two, I'm, I'm working on two issues at once at the moment, and the current two issues, each of them has at least twenty five named characters who've been who've appeared before. You know, these are speaking roles. These are not like crowd scenes. Yikes. Each one. And they're not all the same people either. So I think that book has something like it's got easily upwards of 60 speaking roles. Yikes. And that's before you get for any kind of crowd scenes or extras. That's so kind of, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it, it is. And um, those are real people. And everybody's mum wants a copy. And that's the least of it. Oh, that's you know? awesome marketing technique. I love that. Oh yeah, no, you're welcome to be in it if you want. Um, I mean, believe me, you won't. You won't you, there, there are a, Jen King. Do you know Jen King, who runs Space Cadets in um, Houston? She's got re, she's about six foot tall. She's got really long, curly red hair. She's mm-hmm. very, very distinctive. And she, I mean, she does a lot of the comics prototype stuff, or you know that kind of thing. Yeah, she's actually got a really decent part in it, where she gets to kind of get attacked and all over and scream and pull faces and stuff. No, I mean it's it, it it's it's kind of quite easy for ordinary people to be in it because mm. I mean the kind of stuff I'm doing where Stephen King is supposed to be realistic. You know, yes. you you I thought I thought at some length about this that actually it does it would not work if it was stylized too much. Mm. And it it wouldn't. It's not that book. So no, it's appropriate it's real people doing real things. Anyway, I you probably want to ask me about that in the in your podcast. Uh, are you actually recording now? I, I am actually say. recording now. I, I, if you don't object, you I might to... actually put some of that in. Oh no, feel free. Do you want do you want to actually turn it around and and sort of? I presume you've got questions for me or something. Um, do you want to kind of? Yeah. How do you want well, to do? I mean, it? I was going to start with Sleeping Beauties actually. Um, yeah. Um, Go on. I confess, I'm horribly behind. I do have them all, uh, but I've only actually read issue one. Because in spite of the fact that the shop is mostly closed at the moment, I appear to have no time, which is weird, but there you are. Um, but that strikes me as a heck of a project. I mean, it's Stephen King. Um, yeah. <laughs> how, it, it, how, no, it really is. How did that It really out? is. What happened? This, this, is, this, for me, has been a very, very long time coming. That mm-hmm. Chris Ryle, I, I, as, as most people know, I haven't actually been drawing comics for very long. And or relatively, and about it's now about nine years ago that 
I thought that I might draw a comic and it wasn't there was no kind of ambition behind it at the stage it was just like can I draw a comic and Chris Ryle came over to London for the London Super Comic Con and by that time I'd drawn a comic and I think it was four pages and and then just to kind of make myself look like slightly less of a one-trick pony, I drew another comic, which I wrote myself also, and that was two pages. And so I took my tiny, tiny portfolio to London Super Comic on a queued up and showed it to Chris Ryle. And Chris Ryle was very nice. Who he At the time, I think he was the editor-in-chief at IDW or something. Mm-hmm. And he was very nice to me. And he said, what would you like to do? You know, we mostly do licensed stuff. And I was like, you do do other things. And this was before Lock and Key had been announced. I think it was maybe announced within weeks of us having that conversation. Mm-hmm. But like it was slightly pre-Lock and Key. But what I was, what I more or less said to him was that like I would like to do something like Lock and Key. And I mean, I didn't say that project, but I described yeah. that thing. And anyway, and 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 it was kind. Of, I think it was taken reasonably seriously. And anyway, we went. To, we all went away. And then sometime later, I actually drew. The project I described, which was Winnebago Graveyard, which is also a book IDW could easily have published. In fact, they might well have had I not taken it to image. Mm-hmm. And then that was done. And then Chris got in touch again. And he was like, you know, that was quite good. And I was like, thank you. You know, that was what we were talking about way back. And then what happened was not very long after that, he said, would you like to draw the comic adaptation of Sleeping Beauties? We're going to do this by... Stephen and Owen King and I was like oh. it's at that moment I'd been I was I might have actually signed the contract to draw kick-ass and it was supposed to be a really big and long job and I thought my timing's not going to work and I said I can't because I've got this huge other job and it's doing kick-ass very hard to turn down yeah. not actually the best project for me now we see it but there we are then what happened was Mark Miller and co decided to put me on Hit Girl in India instead. And it's a much shorter project. And I was like, fantastic. I can do both. And I got back to Chris and I was like, can I, can I do it still? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're still, still open for you. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes. And like, I was so pleased. I mean, this is like, this is not a project everybody would like. In fact, most projects I do are not projects everybody would like to draw, but this is really one not every, it's not for everybody. And I was flipping delighted you know and I said can I bring a colorist to the job and they were like yeah so I I asked if um, Trina Farrell who had colored Hit Girl so well could come in and they were like yes and I think they've been absolutely great I mean it's not an easy job we ha- we actually we've recorded a podcast or we've recorded a, a panel for the Thought Bubble Fringe mm-hmm. about the adaptation where Chris Ryle and Elizabeth Bry, who is the editor, come in and talk about it because it's a it's a real it's it's an absolute beast of a job. I mean, me drawing it, and I have a script, I have a fairly traditional script. That's something people understand. What people don't know about is the trip from seven hundred page, very dialogue heavy novel mm-hmm. to two hundred page, highly visual, not so dialoguey can't be as dialogue as the as the novel comic huge jump mm. that's like a magic trick that nobody really knows about that idw have done and so what i've done is chris and elizabeth come in and they talk about how that occurred and rio ewers is the canadian horror novelist who's adapted it 
and he isn't in on the podcast. He isn't in on the recording, but he's been involved in that and he wrote the script. And then that's his first comic script. Wow. And well, that means that, I mean, the way I see it, it's a kind of bridge. So you have the script is bringing the novel to comic form and then I'm bringing the Mm. script. Sorry, then he's bringing the novel to script form, and I'm bringing the script to comic to form. Comic form. So I, yeah. I've got quite a large job that people can't see that I don't mind doing. That I think is kind of fairly normal for a comic artist, but I have a lot of it, and mm-hmm. it is a very, very compressed story, which means that visually, it has certain you know challenges. Yeah, no, that's actually really interesting because it is something that people don't think about very much. The mm-hmm. idea that oh, you know. I think a lot of people kind of think of a story as a story as a story. And if you make a comic out of it or a book out of it or a TV show or a film, it's all basically the same story. And it, and it yeah. really isn't. Um, no. No, I, I, I remember I was an English teacher for a long time. And uh, um, when I was talking to students, I would always point out that if you look at the adaptations of classic novels for TV, mm-hmm. um and at the, t- at the time, both were fairly recent things. So I'm going back a little bit now. But one of the examples I used was look at the TV adaptation of Daniel Deronda, which is a book that's about 12 inches thick. It's a huge doorstop of a novel. Mm. It was a two hour TV adaptation and they didn't miss anything out. Yeah. And if you look at the BBC adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, that's like six or seven hours of a TV adaptation, which missed out loads. Mm. And that's from a book that's really quite thin. It's, it's, there's not a lot of Pride and Prejudice. It's quite a short novel. And the yeah. reason for that is everything in Daniel Deronda, everything in George Eliot pretty much, is mostly either internal monologue, it's thoughts, or it's description. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, on a, on a TV adaptation, a, a description of a scene is a three-second shot. Yeah. Whereas Jane Austen, there's not a lot of dis- description at all in Jane Austen, really. It's all dialogue. Yeah. And so to adapt and that, that's not, and yeah. to go into a comic, like, I mean, again, you, you, as you said, King is very dialogue heavy. And to yeah. try and cram that into a comic where you can't have that many words on a page, because if you do, you can't see the art. And then it's not a comic, it's a novel. Yeah. Is, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that people don't often think about. And it's a, and again, I've never, I've never written or drawn a comic. Um, there are many reasons for that, largely down to lack of talent. But, I've watched a lot of people who are very, very good go from complete novices to people who know what they're doing. And it's really interesting to watch their work develop, because if you take someone like, uh, and I don't know if you've come across the Etherington Brothers. You, oh, yes, I have. I'm uh, amazing. You, 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 I guess if you've ever been to a con, you surely must have, because they're hard to miss. If you look at their first graphic novel, Malcolm Magic, Lorenzo was drawing, you know, there are panels where Lorenzo's had to draw Malcolm literally bent double so mm. that he can fit the word balloon in. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the later stuff, it's much less wordy because they'd learned. Yeah. I, ha- I have to do a great deal to fit the text in, and, and there is quite a bit of text. But I do things like um, I add in extra panels to break down big blocks of text mm-hmm. and things like there's some. I have some very complicated panels draw where a writer is trying to push a lot of events into one, a lot of information into one panel, you know, be it exposition or things in the background or whatever. And quite often I will just add extra panels to bring things out. Or, for example, if you do something like that, you have to get so far back, you can't see the expression on people's faces, so I'll pull that out. 
or or you know something happens i mean for example i mean let's not kid ourselves sleeping beauties is a horror novel and it's really hardcore there is no t- people don't people don't really think of it that's it like that it is it is classified as fantasy but, but you know it's got ready here again um just to let you know if you're new to the gates of the gates we don't really like to do spoilers without warning people and there are some mild spoilers for sleeping beauties uh, either the novel or the comic coming up uh, not major plot points because we're careful but if you're a hardcore spoiler avoider you might want to swing past the next couple of minutes just so you know we're going to sound the spoiler horn and then we're going to get on spoilers spoilers matricide it's got infanticide um i mean like you know it's very visual Mm -hmm. stuff happens on camera there's some really disturbing things that actually the you know there's a there's, there was something actually that i asked if i could possibly not draw that which is saying quite a lot for me and actually the editor said no the viewers won't the readers won't want to see that either so you're fine we'll, we'll do something else about that i'm only halfway through and there's been at least two rapes um, uh, yeah there, there's definitely two and all of this is in a comic and quite interesting you know people still think it's a fantasy novel and i have to deal with that as well you know how you show that without you just completely derailing the story with like oh oh no mm. you, you know what was that kind of thing which is not generally i mean it, it's not it's it's not a novel where there is a great deal of fridging it's these things happen but mm. like they're part of characters as a part of, as opposed to part of the story i mean and i know elizabeth I have this conversation. There's a scene in issue two, which is quite well known in the novel, which apparently is very long in the novel. And they've got it down to a page. And I think actually they might have got it down to two panels. It's where mm-hmm. there's one, it's one of the great scenes. And I just show the back of the guy's head and her face. And I show her face twice, mm-hmm. actually. And, um, and I, I, it's maybe three panels. I can't remember, but it's that kind of thing where you have these things and, then you come out of that and the character is still there and she carries on functioning. And then you read the whole of the rest of the book in the light of that event about her yeah, and what it says about her. So like a little bit later on, you know, she's walking, she's kind of, she's acting, you know, she's acting fairly normally. She's doing some quite functional things. And you think that happened to you and you're still doing this. And so that's, that's the nature of the horror in the book that it's, it's kind of very much baked in to the character development, or largely. And that's quite, it's quite discreet. Mm. I mean, in, in, in that way. Some of, some of it isn't, but very, very largely. So so this thing is not put in there for the, for the furthering of the plot or anything else. It's like, this is what kind of woman this is. You know, this is what this place is. This is who this person is. She has come through this. She's a huge, Jeanette is a huge sympathetic character, actually. She's come through this and continued to function and she's doing other things. And here she is again, kind of thing. So it's kind of, you know, she's quite, Jeanette is pretty great, really. So that is how it's a very interesting book in that way. I mean, it's a really, really unusual comic because although there have been comic adaptations of various books, novels are not written 
novel story novel stories are not written to be comics and no, so you know we are doing something really different here mm. there's nothing like this hardly at all i agree i i i have to say i mean i've read a fair few comic adaptations of novels and they rarely work mm. um i'm not going to name any they, they rarely work as i've only read the first issue of sleeping beauties and i will cover i'm actually not a massive stephen king fan i've read a, i've read a bit but not mm. a huge amount and i'd forgotten it was an adaptation of, of an actual novel. I, I thought, oh, Stephen King's written a comic again. <laughs> um, it wasn't until later I remembered, oh, hang on, hang on, Sleeping Beauty. Yes, I remember this coming out. But it's a testament, I think, to you as an artist and to the, the, ad, the adapter. It didn't read like an adaptation of a novel. No, I, read, and I think that's, yeah. It read very much like a comic in its own right. Uh, and I think that might be the first time I've read an adaptation of a novel that's worked in quite that way movie adaptations tend to work better in comics because movies are very visual anyway but novels are really hard because prose is a very different beast to 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 sequential art it's it's a it's just a completely different way of telling a story yeah no i I completely agree and also this novel is not a gift visually actually it a lot of it occurs inside a women's prison so you know if i was some other people i could draw it in a very very dreary and ugly way in you know it's mm. indeed it's got old people it's got mundane many mundane environments there's people of all ages some of them are ugly there's children there's older men it's set in west virginia which is not a well-off place particularly and it's supposed to be in quite a mundane environment it doesn't even get the advantage it advantages of something that say Alex Pagnadel's Red Fork does which is also set in West Virginia and that is that book is has more social commentary mm-hmm. um so there is a use of various visuals which are material to that and I'm not even doing that because Sleeping Beauties isn't really isn't social commentary in that way this this place could be a number of places but it's set in West Virginia so I can't use you know the the, the visual gifts that yeah. they might might be given by you the don't geography. Get to the Goblin Market. No, no, I get to, no, 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 no. I don't. It's, it's just a regular and place with regular people. It's a with. it's a regular place with regular people. Some of whom have nice houses. Some of whom live in trailers. Um, some of whom live in prisons. One of whom is really, 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 really weird indeed. Who actually is my friend Tracy, who lives just over there, and um, she's. And she want, she is Evie, who is the main antagonist. Uh, she, antagonist, don't get me wrong. Evie is an antagonist, and um, she is absolutely amazing in that role. She's very, very beautiful and extremely charming. And that's the point of the story: is that she's so kind of beautiful and charming, you forget that she's an antagonist. Mm. And it's quite it's meant to be very disarming and it works and I think the kings are quite pleased with her yeah no it's quite it's 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 a very hard comic to draw because of the number of characters the compression the fact that it's an adaptation and I am also participating in that process and it is a monthly as well and although actually I'm not absolutely sure what's going on with the it coming out I'm pretty sure we've got three copies out I've drawn more than that. I'm pretty sure issue three is out. Yeah, no, three is out. Four or five have been drawn, and I'm not entirely sure what's with those. Don't so think, I'm. I don't think I've had. No, I don't think I don't think you have, and I don't really know. 
to be to be re- to be really honest, it's enough work for me to draw it um, without worrying <laughs> about where everything is. is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, and I'm I'm not really I'm not I'm not reading any reviews of it because I mean you know horror is ugly and this book is difficult and not everybody's a fan of Stephen King and so on and it's mm. kind of like. I don't want to get derailed by, you know, somebody going, I don't. Well, yeah, and, and that. To, so I, I'll just keep going. To a very large degree, what are you going to do about it anyway? I mean, if, if exactly. you know, once the work is finished, mm. if everybody likes it, that's fantastic. Mm. But if nobody likes it, well, that's still the work and you yeah. can't go back and change it. So, yeah. Well, the hard the hard thing is about, this is the thing about reviews, is that I think on nearly everything I've drawn, I've still been drawing it when it's been coming out, and I'm still drawing Sleeping Beauties. And yeah, it's um, with monthly books, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and you and you can't you can't get derailed by it. Believe, believe me, I know you're not, one's not supposed to take reviews personally, but like if somebody writes a personal review, it's very hard to not take it personally. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't see how you can fail to. I mean, I, I. So it's 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 best actually not to look because you don't really want you don't need to see that stuff. There's nothing useful in that, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it will slow you down more than it will speed you up. So where I am now is I'm drawing issues six and seven consecutively, more or less. I was allowed a week off. Or sorry, I was, I've been allowed a little bit of time off between the first book and the second book, which is kind of great, actually, because drawing it is a very intense experience. I imagine. So I've had I've I've just had a little bit of time off to do some stuff for Thought Bubble and I've organized some panels and I'm doing my shop and made I've made some new pins, which is always a joy. And uh, you know, I just kind of girls like merch. I like making that stuff. It's good. Um I've made made a new tea towel, which I've just just prior to this us talking, I just I do, I was just unwrapping it, which has come out really nicely. Just to kind of take a break from that. And as I say, we recorded three panels. I've I've organised and recorded with Leonard Sultana three panels for the Thought Bubble Fringe. And the first one is is called Adaptation. And it's about what we're talking about, mm-hmm. where Elizabeth and Chris come on and they say some of the things I'm not gonna they say they say some really interesting stuff because there are changes from the novel to the comic, which mm-hmm. there is something quite controversial about the novel that those who know about it know about. And we changed that. And oh. yeah. And we've gone further than that. And um we so there's a bit of extra there's some some quite well I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It's in the novel, Sleeping Beauties concerns amongst many things a gender binary it's it is a book about gender really and anyway gender is not a binary so going moving on from that um the kings realized this before you know the comic was adapted and they requested that this be dealt with in the comic and this error be put right and um so that has happened and I know it was Chris, and Chris will says this in the podcast that um, two trans right, two writers who are trans were brought on board to see that it was done properly, and it ha- was it has been. And also, I've made some efforts to include people, some of whom you will know actually, in the arts. Um, mm-hmm. And although that's not mentioned and nothing is made of it, they're still there. And so, not only are we 
talking the talk and walking the walk in terms of the dialogue and the script, but also what you see, um, you know, is a broader range of people than you might normally see or you might have expected to see from the novel. And that's an ongoing that's an ongoing process, and that's kind of great, really. And including including people is great. And if I am working with real people to make the book, I can work with whoever I want, pretty much. And I am. So I'm hoping I'm, that's just that's something I'm working on is including people. So no, we have a we have a this whole thing about that, and that's going to be launched on Thursday this week on the as part of the fringe stuff. And I don't know how Thought Bubble is launching their fringe events. I, I mm-hmm. presume that's going to become clear in not very long. I presume so. Yeah, it'll be on YouTube for people to go and find in perpetuity. Uh, I think we're going to be on the Thought Bubble's own YouTube for or for this, as I didn't have anywhere else to put it. And then also, I've got two other um, recordings, also with Leonard. And the first one, the other one is about place in storytelling. And that's with Ron Wimberley, Emma Rios, Lonnie Nadler, um, Alex Packnadel, and me with Chris Thompson. I think that's it. There's somebody else. Oh, goodness. Sorry if I've forgotten anybody. And um, we're talking about... Oh, yeah, sorry. sorry, No, I have forgotten somebody. Professor uh, Ruth Dalton of the University of Lancaster, who is the head of the architecture school there. And we are talking about place in storytelling. Mm -hmm. So... Going back to what you said about the goblin market, as it turns, I, I when I thought of the idea of doing this this panel, I was like, "Is this even a panel?" And as it turns out, yes, yes, yeah, it's no, a panel. I can, I can, I'm looking forward to that. Actually, I, I imagine it is. Yeah, not only is it a panel, but it's probably a whole book. We 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 did the we did we did a pre meeting for the panel where we were like, "What is this?" And um, I think it was like three hours, and. Wow. Um, that was, but that was just us kind of talking about it, and then so because we had to, we had to figure out what questions Chris would ask us to yeah. conversation. As it turns out, this is a really big subject and a really interesting subject, and it's also not a particular subject that's been really covered. And um, it is a really interesting panel. I mean, I um, how can I? I it, there are quite a few of us. And there wasn't very much time. So we all thought afterwards, this is something really we could talk a lot more talk about. More all about. Uh, yeah. And we would, and we would want, we would want to, we want to. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, that's, it's a huge, as it turns out, it's a huge subject. And I, I don't rec- I don't think it's been covered. I, I've never seen it covered in a convention panel before. I don't think I have either. And, no. uh, and I'll be honest, it's not something I've ever given much thought to until about 20 seconds ago when you started talking about it. But actually, yeah, place is something that's very important in comics. I mean, even if we just think of, yeah, you know, I can't imagine Spider-Man working outside of New York, for example. You know, even, even that, just that, the mainstream stuff true. like that, Bat- Batman couldn't, doesn't really work outside of Gotham. But also, there's, there's, there's more. There is oh, more. Yeah, yeah. Because also, as it turns out, place can be many things. I mean... Pl- not 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 New York or Gotham or whatever, but places. What is place? What do we mean by this? Well, and what then, is the room? What is the what is the building? What is the or, 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 or not 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 even that? You're talking about place as a physical space. It's like place is just where and um, and and if you think about artists' work, and we had we had I had the right people on for this. If you think about artists' work, not everybody has the same idea of what place is. And mm-hmm. it isn't always it isn't always, you know, West Virginia looks like this. 
It can be remembering that, of course, a lot of comics are made up. It can be a lot of things. Mm. And as it turns out, we all have our own ideas of it, which are not the same as other people's. And Ruth explains some of this. I mean, she, as a, as a teacher, she has the means and means to clarify and give some sort of framework to what we talk about. So she says some things and then our position sits somewhere in a framework that she's described. And as it turns out, it's really interesting. It's got a lot of legs, this subject. I mean, Lonnie was going, oh, you know, everybody's so brainy, but it's sort of like, pull that back a second. It's like, this is relevant to every comic and actually every person who makes comics because everyone does this, whether they think about it or not. Mm. And as it turns out, for example, I asked Lonnie and and Alex on, and they were like, we didn't think about this. And I was like, it's so obvious in your work. It's like everywhere in your work. And they were like, oh, we see our work new now. And I think that is the case with just about everybody, mm. where everybody does it, and maybe it's unconscious, but you, every, you've got these ideas in your head. They're there, and they come out in your work but you maybe don't articulate them in that way because it's just it's just there this is you because of course place and identity are bound up completely of course yeah yeah it, it's, it's all it's it's very largely about identity so so that's a re- that's a really interesting panel and like the the 45 minutes we give it are like a fraction of what we could do. I mean, I suspect everybody on that panel and, you know, a good amount of other people could do an entire podcast just on their idea of it. And as it turns out, it's you wouldn't think so, but they would. And the final panel, which was just absolutely hilarious to do, is the horror panel with Steve Niles and John Lees and Abigail Harding and Steve Fox. And we had a hilarious time doing this. And it's going to be on Friday the 13th. Course, and it's, it's about, perfect. of course, that was just a gift, wasn't it? Absolutely, timing. Yeah. I was, uh, they were like, thought bubble was like, when do you want it? And I was like, oh, I don't know, you know. Right, of course we can. <laughs> you know, Friday the 13th, it's a gift for a horror panel. And um, we're, again, uh, Lennon Sultana moderates this one, actually, and he's got a lot of experience in this kind of thing. And I think, to me, this this is like your, sort of, your thought bubble, homegrown heroes thing with John Lees and Abs. You know, it's like, these people are always at Thought Bubble and they're really important to the event and they're very different. And we're talk, you know, talking about talking about stuff. And we had, a, as I say, we had a fantastic time doing it. And also this, I think, is I've never done a panel with Steve. We've done a book. We've done the whole book together. We've done a whole creative own graphic novel together, but we've never done a panel together. And I think this is our first and only panel together. So that was kind of nice for me as well, particularly, you know, sort of grabbing him from the desert in california where he lives mm-hmm. it's like magic of the internet it's, it's yeah. a joy one of the things i like about thought bubble this year actually is obviously i think everybody would rather we were all in the convention center and you know all together uh, i'm certainly mm-hmm. missing it hugely but it does mean that you can <coughs> have people who wouldn't normally be able to get here. Um, no that's true that's true you know it's 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 not an inexpensive thing to fly in from the states and stay in somewhere else for a week, but anyone can jump on Zoom. So. No, that's abs- that's absolutely true. I mean, excuse me, I've just um, sent my coffee down the wrong way. Yeah, no, being able to involve Steve, I didn't really register that when the way this worked is that there is, as people will know, there is a digital comic convention, and this occurs over 
this coming Saturday and Sunday. And mm. this was programmed and sort of built in advance by the Thought Bubble team. And it's a very sort of cohesive period of video watching where you could go in on the Saturday morning and just basically watch through till the Sunday night yeah. of this these amazing programs. And the fringe is somewhat different where they invite it wasn't it's was only like about it was less than a month ago. Three weeks ago. They invited the guests to sub was it only three weeks ago? It was really recent to submit events. And I was like, well, you know, we could talk about I've, I've got things to talk about. So I thought of some things we want I might be interesting. And then I thought who might be interesting to talk about them. And at first I thought I had to draw them off the, the thought bubble attendees because sort of that's what you do. Mm. And then I kind of registered that actually, no, we could have anybody from anywhere in the world. And suddenly this was just such an amazing opportunity. Like really, yeah. like you could, because it was so easy, you could contact somebody and, and on the West Coast of the US and said, would you like to be on a panel with me? We're going to record next Wednesday and X, Y, and Z are going to be involved. Are you up for it? And they would go, yes. What an opportunity to cherry pick interesting people to talk about something that you have, you have this common interest in or which you know that you have different views on and it'll make, a, it'll make an interesting conversation. And so, you know, doing something like being able to just um, ring up Steve Niles and go, would you like to be on a panel? which is something I think a lot of convention organisers would kill for, frankly. And and him just go, actually, yeah, you know, it's half an hour after lunch. Yeah, we're, we're, we're at home. And, um, you know, he's done some panels from his sitting room before and, you know, and get Lonnie involved. And, and oh, so it, it was kind of great. And you're not really not really overly taxing people. And, of course, also what was nice was involved, involved the University of Lancaster as well, mm-hmm. that... We have this with the place in storytelling thing. We have this whole other dimension where, you know, it's student relevant as well. I mean, it's a little bit long by their lectures. It's, it's their, I think their lectures go in 15 minute chunks yeah. and we're 45 minutes, which is criminally long by their standards. I'm really sorry, but like it's worth it. It's worth it. The fact that we've assembled Emma Rios and Ron Wimberley and Lonnie Nadler and Alex Patnadal and me in one place. To talk about something really specific, that conversation has not happened before and may not. Well, I think we'd actually really like it to happen again, but kind of for yeah. the time being, what you get, you know. So, no, three things this week. That's fantastic. Um, given that I said that this would be a 10 or 15 minute chat. Um, it's not, is it? <laughs> I think I'm incapable of having a 10 or 15 minute chat. I do apologise. Yeah, um, me too. I'm really sorry too. Oh, good Lord, no. I, uh, I'm more than happy to, to go on. So, if I was standing at your table at Thought Bubble, um, which I hope to be able to do in 2021, obviously Sleeping Beauties would be front and centre because that's that's your project right now that you're actually physically working on right now. What else would be there? Obviously, there's there's Hit Girl in Mumbai. This, the I ha- I'll have two books. Things that people will not have seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have there's things I bring back every time. Like I have a new tea towel every year, which I have a new one that this year, which I is think I have one of your tea towels actually. Everybody's got one of my tea towels, but I have I actually, I actually have four tea towels. I, I I kind of starting to make a commitment to bring a new one out every year just because people like them. Um, so I have a new tea towel this year. But my books, my new books in 2021, the books will be it'll be the collection, the first collection of Sleeping Beauties. It's split into two halves. There's one half 
in March in the second half in October. Mm -hmm. So by next Thought Bubble, there will be two Sleeping Beauties books and you get the whole thing, which will be very intense. I'm really quite glad they've split it in half because it's it's People are going to need a break in the middle. But they like like me, they need a break. That's true. And um, so there'll be that. And there'll be Hit Girl in Mumbai, which I don't think got very widely read because it came out in February 2020. And it, it did. It hit that really awkward. Um, it was a really awkward time for book buying. Shop, no one shipping anything. Point. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, I think it, it got in before shipping, but nobody could go to any shops to get it or something yes. like that. It was, it was basically, it was not great. And really that book, I mean, the, the other thing is with that book is people tend to think that, well, Hit Girl, Hit, Girl is, Hit Girl has its certain audience and this book is not actually really aimed at that audience. It's, mm. the le- it's by far the least violent Hit Girl book and I it's got Hit Girl as an actual yeah. talking. And it, it's, really, it's really a teenage girl book. It's, it's very much wishful, uh, wish mm. fulfillment, teenage girl thing where teenage, very young teenage girl goes around with a machine gun and machine guns... Her, her friend's assaulter, for example, which is a certain level of that. Uh, but it, but that is, I think in the last book, I don't think she actually kills anybody. Um, which is unusual. Know, so, well, it, it's, and, and a number of other things that it's set in Mumbai, and it's very much really about Mumbai, which is a completely fascinating place that we don't re- a lot of Westerners don't really know a great deal about. Mm. And um, it's very much not what you think. It's it is it is probably the most maximal city on earth, and the book is drawn to suit. Uh, and it, I mean, we are toast at their feet, frankly. So the, there'll be that book, and otherwise, I'm, re- I'm I really concentrate on the books because that's where I put most of my attention, of course, and yeah. I think that's what people find most interesting. But I also I've got um, the blue moths. That are the thing in Sleeping Beauties. I've made a, a giant blue moth pin, which oh. is enormous. It's it's like more than two inches across in um, blue enamel and gold, and oh. that I will have at this thought bubble. And it's it's very very it's it's gorgeous. It's so blingy. And, very much uh, seeing that, yeah. And that would be. I mean, I'll be very happy if people buy one, but it's kind of like you know, it's the kind of thing as in the book where it's like. There's never one blue moth. It's like you should be wearing six or seven of them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that would be very Sleeping Beauties. So, and and the other thing is, and let's give, give a shout out to my, my family here. Um, I have another pin, which is a little red bird, which is um, has winging it written on it and it's tiny. And it's just, it's just an inch across at its longest. And it's for my, my niece, uh, Jeannie, who lives um, lives near Wakefield and comes to Thought Bubble and likes it very much, she's been having a bit of a difficult time. And this is for her dad and for her to wear. Her dad, her dad's sort of you know super confident, normal dad kind of thing. And her dad is going to have a winging it pin, and she's going to have a winging it pin. So she could because because she's winging it, but also for her to know that you know confident dad is also winging it. And if she knows everyone's winging it, it might be a bit easier for her. Because she's, you know, so this is nice. I like it. Yeah, it, we 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 all, we all are winging it, frankly. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Especially yes. this year. So let's. Yes, exactly. So so I have my little red bird pin, and that's like I think that's it. I'll have that this year, and that's I think that's eight quid as well. So 
it's the blue pin is twelve pounds and the red pin is eight pounds and yeah and but no so shout out to my friends and family in in Yorkshire hello hello dad um yeah so no I'm really glad to be on here so thank you for having me oh thank you for coming um and I mean this is the bit where we plug our pluggables you've you've made a little bit of a start with the pins um where will people find these things obviously you have your table at uh the virtual con yes Um, I'm in the comicsology hall I'm in the comicsology hall and everything will be on there and the only things so I have the books on there I have prints I have gorgeous gorgeous prints on there which I'll be doing print on demand so people will definitely you know you can have a print I'm not going to run out in time but I know I quite I'm often sell out being virtual, actually you're not going to sell no, out I'm I'm not going to sell out because um, I, I get my prints from Static Medium in California and they're really really nice and I'm going to order them after the convention right so, so everyone who wants one will get so, pristine quality and you can have what you want pretty much and um all the the only thing that's not on there is all my hit girl original art is up for sale and it's a big undertaking to photograph it for websites and i haven't so it's what i would just it i will be i will have it up for sale for the duration of the festival after which point i'll send it off to cadence comic art in the us who sell it sell it for nice prices and so on but it's Mm -hmm. for british people and domestic shipping it's not the worst opportunity if you get hold of a copy of hit girl and if there's anything you want email me and you can probably have it yeah Um, i'm just going to say although you haven't photographed everything people can just pick up copies of hit girl and have a look pick up a copy hit girl is entirely drawn by hand uh, whereas sleeping beauties sleeping beauties is digital because of i I draw a lot in white and black and sleeping beauties Mm -hmm. but hit girl hit girl is entirely drawn by hand and it's i made an effort to get because of the speed of it i made an effort to get everything right without digital alteration so they're pretty pristine and it looks like the book and so yeah that all that art's up for sale as are so that the prices of that varies people should just email me and so the tea towels are 10 quid and the art varies and I have colour proofs of Hit Girl, which people really like. And I started to sell them and I got foiled by the lot by not having conventions. Mm. And I have some of those. And there's a flat rate at 40 pounds, a unique. They're the unique one off colour prints of the book, which is gorgeous because of tree, tree trees colouring. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And um so but as as I say, my 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 most my most well known convention thing is my tea towels, and it's like there's one for every year, and there's one for every work, pretty much. And this year, I've got the I've got the hit girl one. It's the somebody asked me last year at Thought Bubble, you know, where they said where is your new tea towel, and I was like, oh, sorry, I haven't done one. And and I was like, what would you like? Yeah, I would do what you ask for, and I've done it. So. There is the hick. There's the it's the Mumbai house, which I think I've just put it on Twitter. So no, I have a whole bunch of stuff. As I say, buy my books. And oh, and I'm doing pre-orders for because Sleeping Beauties doesn't have any original art for sale because it's all digital. Mm-hmm. The only opportunity to get original art from me for Sleeping Beauties is I'm taking this week. I'm taking pre-orders for original art book plates for the collection, which will come out in March. And it's the only way to get original art from me for this book. And it's, I think, really, it'll, they'll be unique. It'll be really reasonably priced. They're not, they won't be big, mm-hmm. but they will be 
entirely unique and they will be drawn with my hands and a, and a fountain pen which is all the things of it yeah no 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 it's, it's kind of quite exciting actually as it, it, i'm i've not done something like this before but it's just to give people a chance to have something and i think unlike you know pages can be pricey it'll be within a re- it's a hardback it's a hardback but because i'll import them myself i can give people a decent price nicely yeah it, it's a re- it's going to be a really really nice book i mean it's like you know there's no messing about with floppies or anything we're, we're straight to hardback for sleeping beauties nice I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that actually yeah um, we, we 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 do we do we do think that or i personally think that the big 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 majority of sales will be the collection because just because it's a, it because it's coming from a novel it's best read as a piece yeah yeah it it, it it doesn't really lend itself to the sort of the monthly format because as you said mm-hmm. that's not how it was written no no i i mean not to put the monthly format down but like books it's, you know it's not ideal for everything no although although i mean it it it, it that said it is very, very, very dense. And I suspect if I was reading the book, I might read it in chunks anyway. I mean, Bucky, in, in our recording, Bucky Wrinkle said something quite interesting because I brought her in to be involved as our re- as one of our readers mm-hmm. to give a reader point of view. And she said, what she said was that she ad- tried to read the King novel and it was just, it's all dialogue and it's just really hard to get into for her. And she found the comic much, much, much more accessible. And I think... And this is key. I think what we've done with the comic, no matter what form it arrives with the reader in, that there's people who maybe could not read any Stephen King stuff or were not a fan of it because these big doorsteps of dialogue. And for the first time, really, well, I know know there's been The Dark Tower, but this is somewhat a slightly different kind of subject matter. Um, Really, for the first time, if you want to read some Stephen King, we've got it for you. And it's, you know, it's not unofficial. This is, this is how they wanted it. It's yeah, Owen King it's, it's is approved quite, by, by the Kings. Well, and... not, not only approved, but encouraged. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a, it's not even a doorway. It's a place to go. It's, it's mm. a whole Stephen King thing in its own right. It's not, it's not, exa- not, it is a doorway to their work, but it's also like, this it's also is a what, destination. It's a destination. Yeah. Which you can get from destination. Brings you back to you, it's destination Venus. Oh, rather like that. I didn't, I didn't do that on purpose, but I'm going to pretend I did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Anyway, no. So you, it, you'll have it when you have it. You'll have it in March, I think. I will look forward to it, and I think I will leave it there. Given that this ten minute interview has now gone for on for over an hour, I think I better let you get back to work. It's okay. I mean, it's not. It's. It, I'm kind of. Talking to people in Harrogate is what I wanted to do because that's if we had the convention, I'd be talking to you for two days. True. An hour is nothing, you know? <laughs> this is exactly what I would say over my convention table. And it's like, you know, if I can squish two days down into one hour, we have done well, frankly. I'll take that. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us and doing this. I really do appreciate it. I'll put links to your virtual table and your website and things in the show notes for this and i really would encourage people to go and have a look at everything because i love your stuff it's great um actually just one final point before we go because we've only briefly mentioned winnebago graveyard once yes yes Um, that was that was the first of your work i came across is that was that actually your first sort of mainstream published work 
No, no, it wasn't actually. I did a, I did another book with another graphic novella called Genesis with Image, which was published in 2014. And right, I missed that. That was my yeah. I mean, it did super super well. I I have some copies of that. I mean, that was at the time. It was an entirely. It was a very unusual format, and my colleagues did not think it would do very well. As it turned out, it did really really well. It's the most weird book ever. It's got bears in it, nice. and. Um, okay. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like, what can you, you can't go wrong. It's like the bears. I mean, I have, yeah, I have a bears tea towel. If people don't want to read the book, you get, just get the bears. I was going to say, yeah, no. So that was my first image book. And I think I, I got, I was the winner of the, uh, was it best emerging something creator for the British Comics Award for that year? It came out largely on the strength of that book. But anyway, so I won a right. British Comic Award. I am very proud of. And, um, so that was, and then I did, that was not what got me doing Winnebago Graveyard. I'm actually, Winnebago Graveyard was, I wrote to Stephen, asked him if I could work with him. And apparently the feeling was mutual. Like he thinks he contacted me. So like we asked each other at the same time. Happened. So that's, that worked out, but that followed. And there was quite a big gap between one and the other because um, uh, we both had a load of sort of personal family house flooding bereavement just rubbish just, just like yeah. and and we had to raise the money to do it as well which people mm-hmm. forget about Amy's books that nobody pays you to make them and um so we had to raise the money to do it which took a bit and so then there was Winnebago Graveyard and then there was Hit Girl which was work for hire and that basically was pretty good and then Sleeping Beauties and then what I've got coming up is I've got three projects on my slate one of which is an image series one of which is with dark horse and one of which is i mention it in this place and storytelling panel which is kind of a bit hasn't got a home yet but is the weirdest thing i'm doing something quite interesting which you should ask me about next year i will very much look forward to doing just that yeah well i'll look forward to it too (laughs) okay um well i mean do come back on the podcast um just give us a shout if you've ever got anything to promote um we're always here oh, i um, always do uh but we will leave it there I, as i said uh, thank you so much for joining us uh links to everything in the show notes have a great virtual convention thank you very much i'm going to spend the rest of my day weighing things and filling in the <laughs> tiny 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 forms on my internet shop my internet shop is not up as at the moment i speak but by the time you get a link it will be and it's got a lot of stuff in it so go and spend lots of money because this is a re- this is an opportunity which has not happened before and might not happen again for a- i'll second that everybody go and spend lots and lots of money at football very important yeah support your local creators absolutely and indeed you're not quite so local creators okay Thanks a lot, Alison. I will look forward to, to actually seeing you in person in 2021. Ah, is it still recording? <laughs> okay, I think oh, that's us. We're done. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I, I can't stop talking. No, um, Podcast golf. Now, 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 now you know why our panels, I mean, the horror <laughs> panel was quite tight, but like, you know, I mean, there is a lot, there is a lot to talk about. I mean, this is the thing with missing a year is that you know not mm. only is there a lot to talk about but with it having gone digital the doors have opened to like flipping everything else as well yeah. you know, we can talk about 
you know, the fact that, you know, Thought Bubble have never asked for submissions for panels before. Mm. Because it, they've now, always had limited time and limited space, and suddenly they have limitations of no, neither well, of those things. Well, I mean, I mean, not usually conventions do ask for submissions and have those constraints, but Thought Bubble has always done it slightly differently. And, you know, submitting panels is is quite normal, but as I say, not not with Thought Bubble. Um, but this year, you know, by opening up the fringe, I think actually, I mean, I would hope that they would take submissions again, but um, I think it's kind of good. I think it, I think it's much more reflective of um, people, mm. you know, so, it, you know, yeah. anybody can get together to make a panel and it can be about you and your thing. Which is a you know that this is this is the nature of thought bubble. Thought bubble is incredibly diverse, and often the best of it is the thing you've not seen before. Absolutely, um, it's what I love. You're about not going to you're, you're not going to find that mm. by your famous people necessarily. It'll be those guys, those guys with that thing you've heard about talking about it. And you're like, oh, that's my thing. Excellent. Mm. Yeah, now, one of the things I've always loved about thought bubble is the reason it's my favorite con and always has been is. You never get what you're expecting. No. Uh, you know, so many cons are, you know, they've got some comics and some artists over in a corner somewhere. Mm. But everything mm. else is tables full of Funko Pops. And that guy who was third Stormtrooper from the left. And the, the you know, the, the Optimus Prime truck. Mm. And and you, you, you sort of see that stuff everywhere. Whereas Thought Bubble is full of stuff that you just don't see in other places. And mm. somehow everybody has time to sit and chat. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the thing is, we. I mean, you have to say we don't get out very much. There is that, but um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, also the thing I like is my for, for me, Thought Bubble is very much a family event. That my, mm. as I say, my sister's family, my sister lives near Wakefield, and they come. The kids are very artistic, and they're very into reading and so on. But they don't see mum. Mum, my sister is not really does not like comics, but that's not to say. Thought Bubble doesn't have its own attraction, and particularly now it's at the convention centre. It's a safe environment for quite young kids, so you know that they can be unaccompanied in the hall because mm. it's self. It's just contained. They're not going to get nabbed off the street by somebody. Yeah, or get lost. It, it's in a build. It's in a building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even even if it's quite big, they could find their way around. And so last year they came, and they were able. How old are they now? Sort of um, ten and twelve. And um, they were able to go off on their own. And John Lees and I got great amusement from watching Jake looking at John's horror comic. John was on the next table to me, discovering John Lees's horror comics and watching his face as he, you know, but you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. And so, you know, and he's, and he's 12, so he's not seen anything like that before. And just, you know what John Lees yeah, work is like looking at Stink, for example, turning, opening the comic, and his face was, <gasps> and, and this, this is the joy of thought bubble. It's kind of like, it's about you've no idea what the kids are going to want to look at. You know, they have quite specific tastes, but they can just go off, and they can find things that they are into that I would not have given them. You know, they would not yeah. have otherwise been given yeah. or seen. And um, and so that's something I quite and and it's it it's quite important to them this this sort of this kind of adventure with Auntie Allison like you know and last year they got um, 
you know, they got Kim Joy's book and they got some posted, like a poster of Black Panther. And yeah. you, this is, this is all new to them, you know? And the year before Jeannie met Brian Stelfreeze and got a photograph with him. And he did, he taught, he did, you know what Brian Stelfreeze is like, where he, yeah, yeah. he would tell you how he does things. And he's, he's a, an amazing educator and little, Eight was not, she was nine at that point. Little nine year old Jeannie got the, got the full spell freeze. Oh wow! And like wow, yeah. What, what, what no, well she 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 came with um, I she she does a lot of art, and I explained to her that what artists do is they swap work. So I said, what you should do is bring some art with you to the convention, and you can maybe give it you can show it to artists and maybe you can do some art swaps or something so she came with um, a bag of cats this is like this is not this last year but the one before you might have don't know she was about a lot she came with a bag of cats that she designed and drawn herself and they were really good they all had names Mm -hmm. and um she went round and swapped her cats for art and then she, I think she had 10 cats on Saturday morning and she ran out of cats by Saturday evening. So she went home and drew 10 more, came back on Sunday with 10 more cats really? and swapped the cats. Cards. And that's, you know, so that, so when Brian Stelfreeze, you know, gave her the full Stelfreeze, Brian Stelfreeze also got probably, I think he got, I think he was the second person she saw. So he got, you know, the pick of the cats pretty much. And um, yeah, no, so. As I, as I say, kind of for little, for artistic little kids, is the, it is as they say the bomb. Um, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. So she's that sketchbook she went away with. I think she had twenty two sketches in it, and they were all amazing. Um, it's like a treasure, you know. Yeah. It's when, when you're nine, we we tend to forget being grown ups have all these experiences. When you're nine, what magnitude of an experience that is? That's huge. It's yeah, that is huge. huge. Yeah, and to have this two really intense two days of seeing artists working and meeting real artists and real artists treating you seriously like an artist and you're nine is like, as they yeah. say, amazing. So that's that's what Thought Bubble does. I mean, she had that experience, and so could any kid. You know, it's like they just need to turn up, and it's right there. I mean, watching, you know, like. She came, you know, do you know Ariella Cristina? Um, sorry, Ariella Cristantina. She's the, um, she's from Jakarta. She does, um, she's doing the new Scott Snyder book and she paints. She does these beautiful big watercolor paintings. And she was sitting on the next table to, on the next table to me on the other side. And, um, Jeannie identified with her as a person. So when we went away, Jeannie was like, I want the paints that she had. Like those paints, yeah. What that paint box, and so what do you want? She gets, and um, yeah. So it's it's quite a big thing. I mean, it was it was a huge thing. Um, so no, so no. I, I, as I say, this this is you know you've got you've got my time. It's like thought bubble is particularly is unique for me in this way. There's like, like, as I say, it's a, any, well, doing things for Yorkshire. What's of course. What? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, why, absolutely, why yeah. would I not? Sure. You know, 
it's it's where it's where it's where you know my entire family is it's where i'm from i may not live there now but it is still my favorite i wouldn't do that for london so <laughs> why would i so yeah anyway so i will let you go i need to go and weigh some things and unwrap some things and photograph some things before it gets dark because we're going to start losing the light soon absolutely yes um, I, will, I will let you get on sorting out the website and uh, we will talk soon yeah thank you for having me oh, and i will let you coming. go thanks Alison. take care see ya. see ya bye bye see told you it was a long one but uh, I really enjoyed that conversation and uh, links are to be found in the show notes. Go to www.destinationvenus.co.uk, click on the blog button in the top left hand corner of the home screen and then look for the blog called Geeks at the Gates Thought Bubble Specials Sleeping Beauties. And uh, there you can find links to uh, the Thought Bubble Festival itself. Uh, you can find links to uh, some of Alison's stuff and Alison's website. And I would, as I said, during the podcast, encourage you to do all of those things. Obviously, quick reminder again, Thought Bubble Festival is on right now. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on online. Search the hashtag TBF20 to find the fringe stuff. And the main events all start on Saturday this week, if you're listening on the Thursday that this drops and uh, we've got more of these interviews to come so stay tuned and uh, we'll see you next week oh and the Dungeons and Dragons thing that there really will be extra Dungeons and Dragons episodes while we're doing the Thought Bubble specials I just need to get those organized and yeah that won't be today but maybe tomorrow so watch this space ah <sighs> gosh it's busy. It's really busy. Anyway, I've got a convention to go to, and so do you. So we'll see you soon. Until we do, be kind to yourself. Be kind to everybody else. Above all else, stay safe, stay geeky. Until the next time, we all meet at the gates. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire